This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by a dear friend of mine, Diana Hankin, and she is a life coach. She leads in spirituality, and she's also a public speaker. I had the pleasure to get to know her when I went to a Kyle Cease event, a last-minute invitation that I received, and so it's just such a blessing to have met her in my life, and we've remained good friends, and I think she has such an incredible story as far as moving through a lot of different changes in her life, going from being in a marriage for 20 years with two sons and then transitioning into building her own practice and moving on in her life from that marriage and just making some different decisions. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between following your feelings and um, trusting your intuition and a host of other topics. So I'm so glad Diane is here to join um, me on the podcast. So thank you so much for being here, Diana. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I want to get into your early life. So where were you born originally? So I was born in a really small town in Texas. It's called Colleyville, which I don't think is very small anymore, but it was this tiny town between Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas. And then um, when we were 13, we moved to Georgia and I went to high school there in Georgia. And so I pretty much lived in the South until I was 18. So from there, I know that when you were younger, there was a something that you dealt with that was a pretty major event that really kind of shaped a lot of your coming to be as you got older. Would you share that story? Yeah. So when I was six years old, I had to have my tonsils removed. And after the operation, I was in this like tiny utility bathroom sink with my mom and she was giving me a bath and she asked me a question and I found that I couldn't answer her. And what had happened was when the doctors were doing the operation to remove my tonsils, they had clipped the bottom of my tongue and it made it very awkward to speak. And so awkward, in fact, that I developed a stutter. And from that point forward, from age six until I left for college, I literally and figuratively lost my voice. Yeah. So I'm sure there was teasing that you dealt with at school. And, you know, I think there's a lot there. Everybody has some different things that they go through when they're growing up where all of a sudden they think, oh, no, I'm less than I'm not qualified or I'm not capable of doing this or just something that happens where that negative side of our mind starts to think lower of our self-worth and it starts to wear away at what we believe we're capable of accomplishing. So how did you end up working through this? And um, how did that get you to a point where you really found your voice? Right. Well, it was super tough when I was a child. Yes. And I would get teased a lot and made fun of and, you know, it didn't prevent me from trying to engage with life. I remember this one time, um, 
it was in eighth grade and it was a school play and I really wanted to act. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to, you know, have this voice. Mm -hmm. And so I tried out for the school play and I actually got the lead and it was for a teacher. And at the time I was super tall and had glasses. And so I think I just kind of fit the part, you know, but, um, I, uh, so we rehearsed for a few weeks and the night of the performance comes and I end up stuttering throughout the entire play. Mm. It was so embarrassing and I felt so much shame. And so what I would do when these times would come is I would just throw up like this inner wall inside myself to kind of protect me from the shame that I was feeling. And so all throughout my childhood, I just built up a wall after wall after wall. So when I went to college, I found that I could start to speak again, except I still didn't have a voice because I had spent my, my entire childhood, you know, with these walls. And Mm so it took me a long time to kind of break these walls down and finally find my true voice Mm -hmm. again. And it wasn't until my late thirties when that all started to happen for me. Mm -hmm. Now, as you started to kind of break through that fear, you know, you got into realtor status and you were, you know, a realtor for selling homes and things. And was there any process that you went through and how did that process of being in the position to be selling homes, meeting with clients, presenting, was there anything about that process that helped you further work through um, that piece of that insecurity of just like interacting with people that maybe you've never met before on a pretty consistent basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I it's interesting because, you know, um, after college, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to show the world what they want to see, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I got married and I started this business and I had, I had two children who are just amazing, but you know, I just developed this drive. And so I just kept going, going, going. And I'm like, you know what, if I could be more perfect at this, then I can be loved. Right. I show up and do more than people will like me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, I was kind of running those patterns of just, okay, do more, do more, be more perfect. And, um, it was actually kind of in my process of like realizing all of this stuff doesn't make me happy. This is not my true self and actually leaving real estate to step into my purpose is what helped me the most on my path. Wow. Well, that's pretty profound because I think a lot of the time, even in this general society with people on social media and seeing what everybody else is doing, keeping up with this person and the other person, all this it can be easy to get wrapped up in all of that. And people do get into the mindset where they're like, more is better. Mm, more is just more, you know, like, <laughs> is it more right. of what you actually want? Is it helping you become more of who you are really truly meant to be? And how do you trust that decision-making process? Is that a feeling? Is it intuition? How do you differentiate those? And, you know, I guess we can kind of get into that. But what was the real turning point for you where you realized this is this is the change that I need to make? And what led up to that happening? And mm-hmm. how did you get through that time? Yeah. So, you know, there was a point in time where I was um, 
I would plan parties. I would, you know, do all of these things to try to have people love me. Right. And it got to the point where my thyroid was starting to shut down. And so I was tired all the time because I was under so much stress and my relationship with my husband was breaking down despite my best efforts to try to keep it going mm-hmm. and do, you know, what I thought it was ending. Right. Um, my kids actually started to be bullied at school, which was, you know, ironic since I understood that so much. And I was just really done being a realtor. I mean, as much as that job provided so much for me, I just felt like there was something else. So literally everything in my life broke down, right? It was my health, my relationship, my job. I mean, all of these pieces. And it was, I finally just had to slow down. I mean, I was so exhausted that I, I had to sleep and yeah, I, I just knew there was something more, but I didn't know what it was. And so that is what I started to follow. Mm-hmm. It's like, how how can I follow my true sense? And kind of what you said, okay, there was this intuition. There was something else starting to drive me. And I was starting to listen. I was starting to pay attention. And so I ended up taking a ton of different courses, different retreats, um, a lot of, you know, spiritual work, self-growth work, and kind of through that process is how I learned to actually follow my true voice, mm-hmm. which is the depth of what we all have. We all have this, right? We all have the answers. It's just learning how do we actually listen. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before as far as like the feelings are sort of like the ripples on the top of the water and everything else that's going on is like the sediment that's blowing around and kind of it can make the the water a little bit dirty. But that intuition, the knowing, the self-knowledge, those are like the stones at the bottom that become weathered and smooth and really stand the test of time that can stay there and and that's really what we want to see. And sometimes when all that chaos is going on, we're feeling all those surface level feelings that are temporary, that will go away, that will not last for time and time, you know. And I think it is so important to take the time to really feel whatever you're feeling and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm feeling sad right now. I need to cry or like this is such a joyous moment and I want to celebrate this and I want to elevate it and be really present with this person that I'm with or these people that I'm with or in the surroundings and just really take those times through different grounding exercises to look around and check in with where you're at now because the mind can go bounce around all over the place and be thinking in the future and the past and all this type of stuff. But Really getting to the stones at the bottom of the the river that's always coursing is 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 where you want to be and like moving with that river in a different sense with that analogy, but really digging deep to find that to find what actually works for you, what resonates with you, what actually makes you happy, and it takes a lot of time sometimes deciphering through a lot of different opportunities. I know for some people, travel can be a really expansive process. For sometimes uh, people going on a spiritual internal journey can be a really important part of that process. Different things work for different people. But what are some of the things that worked for you to help that part of yourself, that internal voice, get louder? I love that, Victoria. And I love too when you first spoke that too around, you know, those 
feelings kind of being, you know, on the surface and then really understanding your core sense of yourself is, are those stones at the bottom? And, um, I, I use the river analogy a lot because in the beginning I was like on the banks of the shore, like struggling. Right. And then sometimes then you're in the center of the river and every rapid pulls you under, Mm -hmm. right? Like you just get pulled down and everything. And then once you start to develop that capacity of really listening and trusting what's coming through, then you can kind of ride those waves so much easier. And life is more of a joy then, right? It's not so much of a struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the things that I love personally for myself is, um, I meditate every day and I know for a lot of people that can sometimes put them off like, Oh, I can't, or I don't have the time or, you know, but really everything is a, is a practice, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not just going to sit down and be like, yeah, I can totally sit here for a half an hour. It's great. You know, so start with like just a short bit of time Mm -hmm. and just start, start to get, you know, quiet. Um, and I love to exercise. Like I love to run outside. That's actually like my trifecta. Cause like I'm in nature, um, moving my body and I'm listening to music. Those are like my three favorite things. So that's like my perfect time because mm-hmm. then I can, you know, I'm in touch with the seasons, you know, if it's spring, I can smell all the, um, amazing blossoms, you know, and then it's fall. I can see all the leaves changing. So, um, Gosh, uh, I do a lot of self-care, you know, I eat, I eat well, um, I dance, I sing, um, yeah. So I think those are some of my key Mm go-tos. And -hmm. I know we've actually done a grounding practice together in the past, um, of just whether, I think I did do this with you where we just got in touch with our surroundings, so what do you suggest to people? Because let's say, I know this is something that people deal with on a regular basis. They may feel a panic attack coming on, a heavy amount of anxiety, dealing with depression, and they might be at some point of the spectrum along emotional stability, whether they're feeling really solid or they're feeling really, really vulnerable, um, anywhere in between that. And how can you push yourself or use some type of a grounding technique to not only get out of your comfort zone if you are feeling really, really comfortable, and how can you bring yourself into a place of more of an internal place of safety within your own surroundings when you may feel anxiety? Mm. Well, there's a quick, easy process that I love to give people, and it's called a three-breath meditation. Mm -hmm. And you can literally do this in your car. You can do it at home. You can do it right before you're going to give a presentation. Um, and it's essentially just, um, should we do it now? Let's like, do, do it. One? Yeah. Join okay. us if you're listening. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in a place where it's safe to do so. <laughs> yeah, not if you're love- driving your car, don't close your eyes. Like Exactly, right? Save yeah. this for another time. <laughs> Yeah. And what's fun is you can also do this with your eyes open as well. But for this practice, you know, we'll just, you know, but if you'd um, like to just gently close your eyes and just allow yourself just to become present, bringing your attention and your awareness back to you. And as you do so, Just allow yourself to fall deeper into your body. 
And now just allowing yourself to breathe in through your nose and just gently out through your mouth. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And one final time, just in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you do this, just allowing yourself to just drop deeper into your body, allowing yourself to feel the fullness of who you are in this time right now. And with that, we say thank you. Thank you. Hopefully you guys feel a little relaxed. I know that that took me in a nice relaxed state. Um, yeah, I mean, that's such a powerful way to introduce people to meditation. I think some people get really intimidated by meditation. But honestly, when I think about it, I feel like I approach every task as if it's meditation, whether I'm shopping for groceries or I'm folding laundry or I'm driving on the road, going for a walk. All of these things can be meditation if you allow them to. It's just bringing consciousness to the present moment of what you're doing. Um, Even having a conversation with a friend can be a meditation in a sense because you're being fully present with that person and kind of putting away the phone, putting away distractions that you can. There may always be things going on in, in our surroundings that we have absolutely no control over. And I think it's even been interesting in times where I am in really crazy surroundings. Um, You know, kind of one of the first things that comes to mind is being backstage at a dance competition. There's always so much going on. There's people rehearsing in one corner, doing their hair and makeup. So-and-so is running around and trying to find their team of people if they were lost. (laughs) You know, there's people from all, you know, all different kinds of studios, you know. For me, I really, since I'm so used to that environment, it does kind of feel like I'm in the eye of the storm. But I think part of my journey and becoming, I don't know, what I feel is to be a little bit more enlightened than I used to be is just kind of knowing that there's going to be some good stuff going on. There's going to be some relatively maybe challenging things going on and there's going to be some unknown things going on. And that's all going on all the time throughout our life and I think the biggest strength that we can have is just to be knowing and accepting of that do the best with what we have keep moving forward at the pace that's appropriate for us whether one day that's running whether one day that's taking it a little easy wonder whether one day it's just completely taking time to stand and be Mm. um, amongst it and having that spectrum as far as what's good for that day and the internal awareness to know what's good for that day. But um, I think it can be really difficult with so many distractions and we have social media in our face and this email popping up, getting a text message from this person, notification, bing, bing, bing. And um, it can be difficult to really take time for ourselves to do that. So this is, I feel like, a good way to ease into whatever task you may be approaching and bring this calm awareness to whatever it is and really focus in on it and hone in on it. Um, you know, whether you're studying, reading, really anything that you're doing, we can always bring a little bit more presence to whatever we're, we're looking into. So going into a little bit more about the difference between our intuition 
and feeling our feelings. I know we talked about this a little bit further in depth as far as, you know, we are not our feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, would you like to expand on that? Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of just want to jump back to yeah. with what you were saying around, um, you know, just being able to kind of become more present. Mm-hmm. And I love kind of what you're saying with that, because it kind of reminds me too, you know, because you're a dancer. And when you first started, you were not up on these big stages, right? I mean, it took a little bit of practice. It took some hard work. It took, you know, it's a skill that you kind of developed over time. And, um, and so even learning how to get quiet, I think is so important and it is something that you will learn over time. Right. And so I, I really just want to encourage people, you know, if it's a bit tough for you right now, that's okay. Just stick with it. Right. Let's not have any judgment on ourselves where, oh, I should be able to do this easily right now. Mm-hmm. You know, with anything that's new, it, it might take a bit of time totally. and that's okay. Feelings are for me kind of a, a twofold thing. One is we are not our feelings kind of in the day to day flow of life, right? You know, because feelings can come and go. So sometimes you may wake up and you don't feel like going to work or you may not feel like going outside and taking a walk or you may not feel like doing some self-care things. Or like loving towards your spouse or whatever kids or your partner exactly right but in those moments you always have a choice Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. so how are you going to move through that quote feeling in order to choose what is your highest and best right right um at the same time you really need to learn how to feel your feelings right a lot of us are in our heads right? And we haven't been really taught how to fully feel what's coming through us. And so for me, that was a huge thing. I mean, these walls that I talk about, you know, when I was a child and all that, like these walls that I would throw up was to protect me from my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I would just shut my heart down Mm -hmm. more and more and more. But what we have to do is be able to actually open up our hearts again Mm -hmm. and actually feel what's coming through. And part of that process is learning how to truly feel what we're feeling in that moment of time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so being able to move through, Oh, I don't feel like getting out of bed or I don't feel, you know, really just taking that time again to get quiet Mm -hmm. and to be able to go inward to really just sit with that and take a little bit of time right then and there. Because a lot of times when a feeling comes up, if you are angry or frustrated or sad, it's there because it wants to leave. Mm-hmm. That feeling wants to leave and your heart wants to open even more. Mm-hmm. So the more you can feel that and allow it to come through and up and out, then it's gone. Totally. Then it's gone. And I think with the feelings too, that can lead to impulses because I think sometimes people may feel like, oh, I'm uncomfortable and they go into these subconscious patterns of maybe addiction type habits where they're using, you know, drugs, alcohol, substances, different kinds of habits even things that are like very unique to every single person. Everybody has their little ticks that they have and stuff. So um, I think getting acquainted with those and, and understanding, okay, is this actually helping me? Is this actually really helping me grow and evolve? Is this keeping me in a comfortable state? 
um, that's not allowing me to grow. And yeah, maybe I don't need to completely rip the Band-Aid off if that's not the time right now. But what can I do to get that process started and be a little bit more aware of it? Because I think anybody who's trying to change behavior, sometimes it can be like, okay, I might still be doing the behavior today, but I'm going to be aware and I'm going to breathe a little bit more intentionally and a little bit more calm while I'm doing this activity. And then maybe one day it's like, okay, I'm going to maybe do whatever this is for a shorter amount of time until they get to the point where they're like, okay, this is actually not what I want anymore and make that conscious decision about it so that it's an empowering process, not a deprivation type of a thing. Because sometimes I think when people end things, when they try to make any drastic life changes, it can be sometimes more harmful than good in regards to how it's carried out. And even a positive change, like even something that could be seen as such a positive evolution, how it's done, unfortunately, can make it into something that is unfortunate. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I love your wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) I accept. Thank you. (laughs) Likewise. Um, So, you know, going into some of the things I know we talked about, just creating more discipline when it comes to intuition, um, keeping a disciplined practice about it, just like we keep a disciplined practice about any, anything that we approach in our life with a level of high intention. And sometimes these things are high risk, high reward. Um, When it comes to, you know, maybe even exercise or making any type of really huge lifestyle change. But I think it does, in a large sense, encompass a lot of discipline, practice, self-study, meditation, just being quiet with oneself and being aware of those things. You know, how do you think in an instant gratification culture that we more and more seem to live in, how people can really check in with their intuition and really check back in to differentiate what what is actually a, a, the best decision that they can make? Mm, wow. And this is my favorite thing ever mm-hmm. because we all have this. We all have this capability to just go inward and be able to source our highest and best next step, you know, what, and we always have the answers. We do. We always have the right best next answers for ourselves and for our journey and for where we need to be going. Mm -hmm. And it's just so much fun. (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) So, um, I think maybe the first thing that's so important is really connecting with your desires. What is coming through you like right now that you really want to bring forward? Mm -hmm. You know, it might be, you know, um, taking a leadership role in your job, or it might be calling in a life partner, or it might be, um, you know, improving your health, whatever it is. Like you have something that's wanting to come through you right now mm-hmm. and Always. really, be, yes. And being able to really connect with that is kind of the first step because that desire is there because you're meant to bring it forward. Otherwise you would not be having this desire in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, and, 
And it may seem off. So for example, say you're wanting to bring in a life partner and that's like your main goal. But what you're really feeling right now is that you need to take that position at your job that you've just been offered, right? And so you follow that path and you follow that job offer that's come through. And then that leads you to meeting someone in your life, right? So it's, it's not going to be an A to B to C thing, right? It's not going to be like a linear process. You know, you might start at B and then you're going to go to J and then you go to Z and then you'll back up to A, (laughs) right? But, but I think that's sometimes what can get confusing is because people are like, well, no, I want a life partner. So I'm just going to go on Bumble and Tinder and OkCupid and I'm just going to find them. Well, that may not be the right next thing for you. So what is really the desire that's coming through? And so I think, and again, you have to be able to get quiet in order to hear, right? And so that's why I keep coming back to you need to start to be able to listen to this Mm -hmm. because it will show you that next step. Yeah. So good. And I know one of the things that you love to discuss is just like working through blocks with the people that you coach. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to offer some examples or some light on that topic, but share with us what you got. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I mean, my whole premise around all of this is the reason why we do all this inner work is to create the life on the outside that we want, right? So the reason why you get quiet and the reason why you do these self-care practices is so that you can have the life you want on the outside. So you can have the partner that you want and the job that you want and live your life, the life that you are meant to live here right now. And what happens is we develop these kind of inner blocks throughout our lifetime that prevent us from feeling our heart, prevent prevent us from really being able to hear. And so then we end up kind of being a wobble on the path and start a, instead of walking more of a straight line. And so what I love to help women, especially with coach around is kind of this listen, trust and act, right? Learning to listen, trust what's coming through and then act on it right? And I think in our culture, we're so used to just acting. Okay. I'm just going to go and act. I'm just going to do it this way. But if you can back it up and do this process more of listen, trust, act, then you're going to start to be able to see these results on the outside that you really want to bring forward. Yeah. So let's go through kind of some different scenarios or different um, common issues that you find um, certain clients dealing with that on a larger scale is more of kind of an epidemic. I feel like anxiety and depression are pretty high up there. It's something that's, you know, still highly stigmatized. I feel like it's one of those things that people are talking more about and opening up more about. I know we had, you know, one of the largest figures in social media is probably Selena Gomez has like, you know, the most social media followers on Instagram and stuff opened up about the fact that she needed to take a break for her mental health. And I think that act alone was such an incredible sign for the youth of like, you know what, she's such a public figure. She's accomplished so much and she's still setting a a standard as far as like 
no, even though all this is going on, I'm still going to take time for me because I cannot be myself and I can't be my best self if I'm not taking care of these things. And as much as we can want to be there for other people and be like, you know, push myself aside. And I see this happen with parents and mothers a lot too, that they're like, okay, I'm just going to kind of push myself to the wayside because my kids are more important and I don't need to care about maybe my appearance or what I dress like or whatever, all you know, these kinds of things, my health, like it's okay if that's not maybe a hundred percent, this is just how it is. Um, you know, I just, I just need to give, give, give. Um, and I feel like people can get in the habit of doing that, especially if you have more of a people pleasing mentality. I personally don't probably <laughs> to some extent. Um, it's something that I've worked on over the years. It's just, it's not exactly how I was raised. And I don't mean that I don't like to do kind things for other people, but my parents did very much raise me to be like, you should not do things to make other people happy or for the sole purpose of making somebody else happy. Like, you should not care what other people think about you. You do what you need to do and um, other people's opinion doesn't really matter. And that's really how they raised my brother and I. And thankfully, both he and I have been able to pursue what means most to us um, individually in our life. And I'm really I'm very grateful for that because I don't. Um, I don't think many people, I think there are definitely parents out there that are like that, but I think they're a little bit far few in between. And, um, you know, some people could question my parents' parenting methods or whatever, but, um, that is one thing that I do have appreciation for. And I think even if you are not raised that way, there's still a way to be a little bit more conscious about, okay, how is what I'm doing really helping me achieve what my highest purpose is? Do I actually enjoy being by myself? Do I actually enjoy being with this other person that I'm with? You get more um, insight as to how to be okay on your own and then be able to share that with another person. Know the ins and outs of your soul and your triggers and how to deal with certain things. And you can actually effectively communicate that to another person, which in my opinion feels a lot more comforting to know that I can communicate that to a friend, to a person that I'm with at the time, whatever it is, so that there's less confusion around that. And there's less other people trying to figure out whatever you're feeling. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, we just want to love and be loved, but mm. there are some blocks there. So what do you think are some of the things that people are working through and how can they work through those? Yeah. Well, I think your parents were so wise or are so wise to be able to, you know, teach that to you and your brother at such a young age. You know, it took me years and years in my adult life to have to, you know, break through that. And so, um, because if we are not full, we, we cannot give, right? And it's this beautiful flow of give and receive. Like we need to learn how to receive, um, receive appreciation and receive love in order for us to give because otherwise, right. We're just giving from empty cups and it doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I would say particular to to the moms is what do you want to teach your children? 
Do you want them to teach them, oh, I'm going to self-sacrifice until I'm exhausted and wear myself out? And that's like, what no, you should Jesus do. Jesus did that for us. You don't need to do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're all aspiring to that. And that's an amazing, you know, because at the end of the day, we just want to be loved and be loved. And we also need to learn that process because that's why, that's why we're here, Yes, right? Like we're here to learn these skills and the, in these capacities, which we all have, and we can't give it when we're not full ourselves. Right. Um, and I think for women, a lot of what I'm finding too, is the whole confidence piece, you know, like, you know, I don't feel ready. I don't feel confident. So how can I go out there and do these things if I don't feel confident? Women are and, so preyed upon in that way. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like just having insecurities about like not feeling good enough for mm-hmm. like, any kind of reason. And I feel like as much as there is a lot done in media and social media and even print advertising, online advertising, for products surrounding women's health and well-being and even aesthetic um, aspirations. There's a lot more diversity amongst it, but there's also just still a lot of pressure in regards mm-hmm. to what do you want to choose to do? You know? mm-hmm. So, Yeah. yeah. So true. So true. And again, kind of learning how to get quiet and do that is what will really help you be able to move forward and know what is your best next step. Because, you know, for your sister or your best friend, it's going to look different than it is going to be for you. Mm -hmm. So really being able to follow that thread of, okay, what is best for me? And really self-care is, is it, I mean, being able to really And one of the things actually I work a lot with, with women is boundaries. Okay. What is a proper boundary for you? Um, Because we are so conditioned to overgive and to self-sacrifice. And so where can you really learn and feel comfortable saying no to certain things that is going to improve your well being so that you can then say yes to the next thing that is in alignment for you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I would love for you to even just expand on that a little bit. Like when I think of it, it's like when you gain that self-knowledge of what you know you really want, then you really make you make those decisions from such an empowered, strong place rather than being like, oh, I'm just going to say yes because it's compliant and it's, you know, a good social cue to follow that and just, you know, be accepting. I mean, how many women have gone into that and been in situations where they've been sexually taken advantage of and not stood up for themselves and ended things a little bit sooner, um, you know, just because they want to be agreeable. Um, I, I'm not on board with that <laughs> at all. <Yeah. laughs> I feel like when these decisions that should be made, they should be like truly um, just about anything, not even just in relationships, but I'm just using that as an example. But you want the decisions that you make to feel empowered that you can make them from a place of strength. And a lot of people don't necessarily feel like their voice matters because they have been in that pleasing state for such a long time. And so they're afraid to have someone be like, oh, who do you think you are? Or they're afraid to have somebody say like, um, you know, be judgmental towards them. Or, mm-hmm. or tell them no, or leave them, or be abandoned. 
Um, mm-hmm. People get afraid of that. Um, and I don't know if it's, I think I've been through quite a bit of rejection in my own life just from the performing arts industry. It's like not everybody can win first place. Not any, everybody can get the lead role. Not everybody's going to be front and center. But you learn over time that that's not even really necessarily what's important. Certain auditions, you'll get typecast for things because the people are looking for specific things that they're trying to convey the story, which is far more important than your own egotistical need to you know do this that or the other it's really about bringing a story bringing a um a theatrical production to life in a sense and you learn that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea but knowing who you are and what you have to offer and what you're bringing to that performance is also really important because we can put on so many different masks in our life and put on you know, different costumes and different makeup and (laughs) turn on different music and be all these different people. Like we're reading all these different scripts. It's like humans are so capable of so much in that way. But at the same time, trying on so many different things and getting lost in that process without really taking time to evaluate objectively what you resonate with and what you don't, I think is a detrimental process. Because I think a lot of people can get into the mindset of, following their feelings, even following their intuition, but not having kind of a an approach to it that is one of like data collection of being like, okay, this is what I want to engage with. This is what I think is going to happen. Kind of like scientific process. This is my hypothesis, <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> These is, this is the procedure. These are the steps. These are my um, evaluations and what am I going to do with this? Um, Because I think we can go out and maybe have like a really bad experience with this one particular event. Maybe it's dating. Maybe you go out and try a new dance class. Maybe you get out of your comfort zone and and try something that you never tried before. And you're like, oh, no, I don't like that. Well, maybe there were some things that you did like about it. And maybe there were some things that you didn't. What can you do to course correct that and like, you know, try again to make that light bulb light up, you know, just like Mm -hmm. Edison did. So, um, but if you're not doing that qualitative checking in evaluative work, which I feel like that is work to be done. If you want to get to know yourself, that's a good way to do it. A lot of people are just like, they don't, they're like, Oh, I don't want to think about it that much. I'm just going to, you know, keep going, whatever. I feel like that can lead people into dangerous mindsets where they all of a sudden, are doing something that they didn't really want to do or they have these addictions and behaviors and different habits that they've all of a sudden acquired because it's been mindless and then they have to they have to backtrack they got to get off that path and get on the one that's actually meant for them just because they were pushed along or wandering off into Mm -hmm. an area that wasn't really maybe what was meant for them and i think This can get a little bit concerning for people, too. I think that everybody's path in life is totally different and you're where you need to be learning what you need to learn at that time. And the wonderful thing about being alive is that we have the opportunity to be resilient and move past whatever type of challenges we've been through in our past. Humans are really amazing in that way that we are able to do that. Um as are many creatures of this earth. (laughs) So, um, but 
particularly, I think people can get really stuck in their heads in that story, that victimhood of this and that happened to me and this happened to me and poor me. And again, it's good to validate those feelings, as you mentioned earlier. However, being able to process that, move forward from it and get more on the track of where are we going from here moving forward Mm -hmm. is um, an important piece of that puzzle. And um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And it's such, it's a life positive universe. Like, you know, the, you know, spirit, God universe, it's all here and designed to help us move forward. It, Mm -hmm. everything is here. Mother earth wants us to succeed. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, um, I loved what you said too. A lot of times we feel like these things are happening to us, but what if it's happening for us, right? For our growth, for us to be able to kind of move forward. Um, because sometimes we might be on the wrong path, right? Like we might. And so these things are designed to help us get back onto the path that we're here to truly walk and knowing what these boundaries are, being able to have your authentic voice and your authentic confidence and doing these practices is what will help you have this life that you are desiring to have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that a huge piece of the puzzle for you that you're really passionate about speaking about is perseverance. And that's a huge part of, you know, persevering negative emotions, circumstances, perceived challenges that you may think are like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to be brought through this. You know, I think when difficult times hit, it's important to look back on the past of all the times that you were able to get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an important time to look back on the past of all the times that you did persevere and you did get to the place that you are now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would love for you to expand on that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so true, because I think a lot of times we can get stuck, right? We can be stuck in that old story of, you know, for example, with me, you know, I stuttered my whole childhood. And even now I'll still kind of trip over some words and, you know, things, things like that. Um, so I'll give you an example. So I'm in my early forties and, um, I'm going through the process of separating from my marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And I told you around the time when I was in eighth grade, I had always wanted to act. Right. And so I had taken that, you know, lead in that play and it was like a devastating experience. And so Mm -hmm. But now I'm in my early 40s and I'm like, I want to act again. Like, I want to be able to do this. And I had done enough of my process to really know, okay, I am more than this old story. I am more than this young person who couldn't speak before. I really want to bring this forward. So I ended up signing up for an acting class. And over the next two years, I did classes I found an agent and I ended up booking some, a couple of small roles in this time. Right. And in the end I left acting because I really wanted to pursue this. This was really the path that I wanted to be on. However, that time and space allowed me to find my voice again. Yes. Right? It really allowed me to find that authentic 
voice of who I am. However, if I was still stuck in that old story, I wasn't ever meant to act, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have taken those classes. I wouldn't have done these auditions. I wouldn't have done these things, right? So that's what I meant about being able to move through like these inner things that are stopping you to be able to create the life you want on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not always going to be like, Oh, okay. Now I want to act. So I guess I'm going to be an actress. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, no, that served a different purpose. But what I did is I followed that desire. I followed that desire of, you know what? I want to get back in front of a camera. I want to, because what I was learning, I was, I was learning how to speak again. Yeah. Yeah. So empowering yourself through a past challenge. And I think people can look into their life and do that. What happened to you in your life that you didn't think that you could do? And what's maybe a small way or a really big way that you can prove to yourself, no, I am capable of this. And maybe it's just that belief of knowing, no, I know that if this is what I want to do, I can do that. Maybe that's the only breakthrough people need. And maybe it's completely going down that path and really making an, a huger, a bigger effort to prove it to yourself that mm, that's, that's yeah. something you're capable of. But whether people were teased about looking a certain way or their body was this or that they had an embarrassing something or other happen or they weren't good at this particular sport or they weren't good at whatever, like yeah, whatever it may be, just not doing it to prove it to anyone else, but just doing it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to listen, trust, act, right? Like that's like the key thing. I mean, if I, if I can drill something in, you know, with your listeners, it's, it's being able to get quiet, listen to what's coming through trust what's coming through for yourself and then acting on it. Right. Because, um, yeah. And, and we do need the support, especially women. We really need that support. And so, uh, one thing that I would love to suggest is to find a power partner, someone in your life who can really see you and, um, support you on your journey. And it's not someone who will just always say yes to you, you know, really be able to give you that authentic feedback of, um, someone who's going to push you and say no sometimes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But having that person in your life and it's not to sit there and gossip it. Right. Right. So you don't want to sit there and gossip and it's not like, a negative pull on your energy. It is someone that can actually really uplift you and you can do the same with them. Um, and you know, meet with them once a week or every couple of weeks and do a a check-in and say, you know, start to be accountable for, for your actions. But what I think is so important is that you will have some missteps, right? Like you won't always do it right. Mm -hmm. And so having that person there with you to really kind of help you through, I think would be invaluable. Totally. And I think when it comes to things in life, it's not necessarily like if things will go wrong or bad. It's like when will things go wrong or bad? Like going to happen. (laughs) If things are smooth sailing for a certain amount of time, like something's just bound to happen. That's like Mm -hmm. that's how things work. And I think even when we least expect it, the stuff can pop up out of nowhere, whether it's uh, all of a sudden you have a car trouble or you have a health issue or you have an emergency that comes up. It's important to be emotionally prepared for when things don't go your way or they they end up going down a path that you didn't think they were or it's just a total surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
Definitely. Now, yeah. Expanding on the point where you're kind of talking about these different practices of having somebody who's there of on a regular basis, able to check in, able to offer constructive criticism, because constructive criticism, in my opinion, is something that I very much highly, highly value. Um, and I grew up in an environment where it was something that I received constantly. You know, I began dancing when I was three years old. And from that time on, when you're getting into a competitive realm, that is something that you will face. And um, you're going to receive a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's, it's given to you for the purpose of helping you get better And I'm grateful to have had those mentors in my life to get me through that time and now have friendships with people that um, allow me to do that for them as well. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the wisdom that I gained was from that. So um, if people want to get in touch with you at this point, what do you feel like? is the best way for them to connect and how can they check in with themselves and see, okay, I'm ready to take this next step of working with someone who's a coach like you. If they want that person, maybe they do feel like they can do that with a friend, but a lot of people, I feel like maybe it's more comfortable for them to talk to somebody like a therapist or a life coach that is an objective outside person um, who's not in their day-to-day life and they can just really confide in about certain secrets and not feel judged about this, that, and the other. If they don't feel like they can do that with their friends um, or they're just in a place of feeling really vulnerable about these different challenges, at what point do you feel like you honor like a person just being like, yes, do this for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I do offer like a free discovery session. So if anyone is ever interested in that, um, they can kind of get a sense of how I coach and um, if we would be kind of a good fit in resonance with each other. Um, And so the best way for them to find me would be Diana Hankin. So that's D-I-A- N-N-A, so I have two N's in my name, and then Hankin, H-A-N-K-E-N. So it's Diana Hankin at dinahankin.com. Great, and we'll have links in the description for that as well. Yeah, and then also um, on my website as well, dinahankin.com. Awesome. Are there any final thoughts you want to leave our audience with? Uh, Just that all of you are such brilliant lights and you're here for a reason. And in this life positive universe, I more than anyone want you to be able to succeed and to grow and to create this life that you want. And you have all the answers. You have all the answers. And sometimes it's just getting reoriented to how do I hear it? right? How do I hear what's coming through me? How do I really connect with that and trust it and be able to move forward? Because I want you to have the life that you want. I want you to have the life that you're desiring because that's what we're here for. We're here to have fun and be in joy and play and um, experience all of these amazing things that life has to offer. And don't let these blocks hold you back anymore. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, I'm so grateful for the circumstances that allowed 
for us to meet, mm-hmm. you know, which was such a unique set of circumstances, yes. honestly. <laughs> I was invited to something that I drove up literally the morning of, found out about this event that was going on in Los Angeles, was gifted this opportunity uh, by a friend. And um, it was just so eye-opening and it inspired me to do so much in my life and just being around like-minded people. I'm grateful that at least at that point in my life, I had gone through processes of deciphering the difference between fear and excitement and mm-hmm. just being able to be like, no, like I want to do this. This is going to work. Like, you know, being motivated to make it happen and I did feel my intuition drawing me to that place to go, even though it was at that time just a little bit of an abrupt offering, but I was willing to accept it and make the most out of it. And I'm so grateful that I did. You're such an empowering and honest and amazing friend. And I'm so grateful that I was able to connect with you and for all of our conversations that we've had over the time of knowing each other and, um, I'm just really thankful to have you in my life and excited for all that's to come to support you in all of the evolution that you'll have and, um, you know, for everything that you've been there uh, to support me through. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for um, everything that you offer the world. I totally honor your journey and everything that you went through to get to where you are today. And I just, I appreciate you so much. Uh I am so receiving that. Thank you so much, Victoria. And it's just been an honor for me to get to know you. And and now we're having so much fun together. <laughs> this has just been such a great time with you and um, love you so much. Oh, love you too. Proud of you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 